Welcome to A Barrel of Oranges, the podcast where history and pop culture collide. I'm Kim Sherman, a historian of the Atlantic world, and I'm joined today by my sister Pam Sherman, who is our resident literature and film geek. Hello, folks. It's so great to be back, Pam. I can't believe we're actually back. I know. We've been, <laughs> it's been a away long time. for a while. Yeah. It's been what, like since July, since we've had a proper episode out yeah 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 i was telling someone uh at work about our podcast the other day and i looked back through our episodes and realized that our last episode was on the 31st of july and i was like how has it been that long already yeah it's crazy five months like i feel like that five months has simultaneously flown by and then also just like been super slow yeah but i know for me i've had like a bunch of different stuff going on with work and kind of back into teaching and stuff. And we just finished up the semester. So it's a nice, quiet time to reset. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what are we doing today? Yeah. So we are having our like season two recap extravaganza. Woohoo! Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking through season two of Our Flag Means Death. And yeah, just kind of our impressions of things and yeah we'll just talk through our impressions of the new season and yeah just yeah just <laughs> i don't know what else to say other yeah than that. i mean we've got so much we could cover in one episode this might end up being two episodes by the end of the, the day that we finish recording all of this but <laughs> honestly like we're gonna hit some high points so this is not an end-all be-all kind of review of everything in season two of ofmd because as you know, what we did with the first 10 episodes of the podcast is we dive deeper into different historical topics that are related to themes and topics that come up in Our Flag Means Death. And we have a huge slate of new things coming up ahead of us. And we are so excited to dig into those. And we will be, of course, analyzing more aspects of both season one and season two of OFMD as we get into each of those topics. Yeah, I mean, not to mention, like, there's just so much going on in season two. We could literally talk for hours and maybe not even scratch the surface of everything that's <laughs> yeah. happening and going on and, like, you know, stuff that really ties into season one as well. Like, there's just so much there. Like, I've, I feel like this season is just really, for lack of a better word, like, meaty. <laughs> <laughs> meaty. Meaty. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just so much there. We have been well-fed, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, and if you are interested in getting a little bit more of our kind of, like, episode-by-episode episode take on things, and especially if you wanted kind of the more fresh version of that, we have a Patreon. We do. Uh, where you can actually support a barrel of oranges and get some exclusive content, and pretty much weekly after each set of episodes of season two dropped we were doing kind of reaction videos going through and talking about some of the things that we were seeing happening and yeah kind of enjoying all the ups and downs through all of that yeah for sure plus um we have our own little uh discord server for our patreon members um so we would love to have more people join in on that as well so um, plus we have all kinds of little like videos and little things that we are planning for you guys in the new year so um, there's lots to look forward to yeah exactly so more time to devote to a barrel of oranges so i'm so excited for what's ahead yeah pirates ye be warned there be spoilers ahead 
So yeah, why don't we get into it? I mean, going into season two of Our Fly Means Death, what were some of your expectations? And especially given the fact that we finally got some trailers and, and kind of teaser stuff a few weeks before October. So what was your kind of thinking going into the season? Yeah, I mean, I think, I, you know, the first major thing that came out was that variety exclusive look oh, yeah. um, with all of like the photos from season two. And I was in a work meeting at the time <laughs> uh, when those came out and I saw them. And uh, yeah, I, my mind was just like blown because like we, we hadn't had content for so long yeah. um, that just getting to see a glimpse of like what's going to be coming was like really exciting. Um, I think that was what back in, was it September yeah, like really think, early, early September, because yeah. it wasn't too much longer, maybe like a week or two after that, that we got the first trailer. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know what I really expected, at least at that point. I know, you know, by the time we started getting the trailers, I was like, oh, man, they are like really leaning into this is a romantic comedy. Yeah. Um, you know, I think both of those trailers kind of, <laughs> along with, you know, the chain from season one really kind of like altered my brain chemistry. <laughs> like, you know, after the first trailer came out, we were both kind of just going around the house going, baby, baby, baby. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think my entire, uh, my playlist, like if I, I don't use Spotify, but if I use Spotify, like my wrapped probably would show a huge spike in listening to mm-hmm. Prince yeah. <laughs> and, and Patty Smith, Patty Smith and yeah. so forth. Of course, artists that we already know and love very well, but like, yeah, I mean, they were so good at encapsulating very different aspects of the season too, because I remember when the Prince trailer came out that we'll talk about like, I mean, the teaser, <laughs> I just think of it as the Prince one. Uh, the first one came out, it kind of really got into kind of the more like, darker aspects of the season looked really angsty yeah in a and way like steed reading from the letter yeah. like dear ed i love and well they kind of stitched things together oh, yeah, so it's a little exactly. bit misleading but you know we'll forgive them yeah but like you know it was like dear ed i love everything about you and it's like oh my god like <laughs> they are really like going for it and we were all everyone was here for that like yeah um and it made things really exciting yeah um definitely leading up to we had a countdown going yeah I mean it was just like every day was like we're a little bit closer we're a little bit closer and then I mean the second the full trailer that came out with Patti Smith's song um definitely uh leaned more into kind of the fun of OFMD that we're so familiar with from season one it kind of lightened things up a bit again yeah and I think that shows a lot about that undercurrent still being there. And so we were looking forward to all the fun and games, I guess you could say, of, yeah. <laughs> of things in the future. Yeah. And like even getting kind of glimpses of like, you know, uh, Steed and Izzy together. And like, was it the, was it that trailer? That was the trailer that we like saw the like candle scene with Izzy oh, for yeah, the first time. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, thank God they prepared for <laughs> us for that ahead of time. Um, I think everybody would have like collapsed on the spot if we had not been warned. Um, but yeah. It uh, it was good, man. Yeah, and I, I still I just, managed I, to. Like, I almost like miss those times of like that anticipation just a little bit, it just because fun. we're in back in that limbo state again of like, sure. will season three happen? Um, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was so much that like, um, I mean, I know that my expectations were definitely exceeded over and over again throughout the sem- 
throughout the season. <laughs> yeah, I always want to say semester. <laughs> I live my life by semesters. This is what happens when you are a university professor. But <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, I think it's definitely um, for me going into it. Like I was just like, I am prepared for anything kind of. I think I was anyways. <laughs> I mean, there's certain things that I didn't know if I was fully prepared We thought for. we were prepared. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, yeah. But still, like, there were so many things that I was just like, you know, I'm going to be happy with whatever they give us because yeah. I am just, from from my perspective, I'm definitely someone who wants to be as supportive as possible to the creator of the show and to the writers and, and everyone who has a hand in it. So, Yeah, and, like, everybody puts so much hard work into it. Like, you know, a lot of us, you know, at times we can kind of come up with our own, like, little head cannons about what characters might do or might not do. Um, and yeah, we kind of have to look beyond that and remember that, you know, this is um, David and the writer's story to tell. Um, and yeah, I, I fully am like so appreciative of all the hard work like everybody yeah. put in at every level. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I feel like season two was definitely like a love letter to the fans of the show. Yeah. Um, there was just so much there that I feel like they were like, yeah, let's, let's give them, um, you know, what they're, what they're looking for, I guess. Yeah. And, and the same thing goes for like, I mean, thinking too is like without David and the writing team to begin with, we wouldn't have the show at all. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I feel like, you know, making sure that they have that agency and being able to bring us that stuff. I think, um, yeah, the little love letters to the fandom. I, there's so many like little Easter eggs almost that you yeah. can say. Sometimes I'd see stuff and I was like, "Is that a direct reference to you know something that you know you've seen on Twitter or something yeah. like that?" And you're just like, "This is so cool how they really have an appreciation for the fan reaction." And I think that was definitely a key part of how they put the season together. Yeah. And <clears throat> it is such a unique relationship, I think, especially for a fandom so large and diverse. Yeah, and. Yeah, we, we continue to get wonderful creative work that is uh, supportive of a largely queer fan base. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, we don't continue to get, you know, slapped with queer baiting like other shows continue to do. So, <laughs> but I digress. Yeah. And like, as far as like them kind of writing the fans like a love letter like I feel like you can see that from the very first scene of season two like yeah. you get this dream sequence with Steed so and Izzy and Ed and you know Steed has this full beard that <laughs> you know a lot of fan art has de- depicted um Steed with a beard and um yeah it was just really fun to see that and um yeah for them to kind of lean into the more like really almost I don't know fantastical elements of things um even like throughout the season which we'll kind of talk about more but I like that fantastical yeah yeah Yeah. very much that like romantic pirate like yeah fantasy like I'm about to to get the guy like you know so 100 percent yeah there's this kind of like magical realism at times Mm. this yeah the fantasy aspects really coming through more so in this season than ever before. And of course you've got that undercurrent of the, the rom-com that, yeah. you know, is angsty and heart wrenching and heartbreaking at times, but it also has that, that heart there as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, when we first get that first week, we got three episodes dropped on us 
And I know for us, the way that we ended up watching it is I know so many people who were getting up at like 3 a.m., kind of like, you know, Eastern Standard Time and watching in the middle of the night. For those of us, I mean, dedication. We, I mean, we love Our Flag Means Death, but I can't do that. Like, if I had gotten up at 3 a.m. and watched those three episodes and then tried to go back to sleep, no I would not have gone back to sleep. Exactly. It was too much. I'm like, I'm like, I am an adult. I have to work and I have to sleep and all that kind of stuff. And if I, I have to be able up, to function. <laughs> I mean, I've already got issues with insomnia to begin with, so let's not make it worse. So, yeah, I mean, we basically waited until the end of the workday for mm. us because, I mean, they were always on a Thursday, and Thursday was always my long day yeah. at work. And so we pretty much wait until about 5 p.m. and mm-hmm. sit down and watch everything, take a little bit of a dinner break, and then rewatch <laughs> it again before bed. But those first three episodes, oh, my gosh. I mean, the tonal shift initially was like, wow. Yeah, I... I think because the tr- both of the trailers, there was a little angst in that first trailer, but like because the trailers really leaned into that, oh, this is a romantic comedy and this is a love story, and then like you get into things and things get pretty dark with Ed and um, his revenge crew um, to a point that I don't think we were expecting at yeah. all. Um, and I remember too, like I don't know, a few days before the first three episodes were dropped we got that clip of izzy with the revenge crew and them like giving him comfort and i'm like yeah there's that's a whole new dimension dimension that's going into this character and his dynamic with the crew and you know where's this gonna go and i i started to get really excited about it yeah um but also a little bit terrified about what was (laughs) happening um for izzy to be that upset so yeah i think Especially thinking about that clip that's from the first episode. I mean, one thing that I think it did is remind us that there's so much more nuance to what's happening in season two. Not that there wasn't nuance in season one. There certainly is. But I think even more so that we were able to see, you know, this isn't just, yeah, the slapstick comedy Mm -hmm. that we love, but we need... You know, you need that meatiness there, yeah. I guess. You're, I mean, there's some really powerful, dramatic performances in this yeah. season, um, even beyond the first three episodes, um, particularly, um, you know, uh, Khan O'Neill as Izzy, yeah. um, Taika Waititi as Ed, and um, Reese Darby as Steed. Um, I feel like they really, really put in the work this season um, with the dramatic and emotional scenes they were given. Yeah, I mean, I am not one to cry that often at watching movies and things anymore. Um, but I definitely felt myself multiple times like tearing up and then definitely, you know, weeping. Yeah. <laughs> at a few key yeah. points throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way. Like the first season, I, you know, even at the end of the season when Ed and Steed actually like kiss and kind of declare feelings for each other in, in some ways. You know, I didn't really tear up at that, but man, this season just had me, <laughs> for lack of a better word, wrecked. Yeah. Um, which, you know, they kind of teased that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, particularly like episode three um, and the last episode as well, yeah. um, which we'll talk about a little bit more, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and like you said, they really explore some, some deep, dark topics. I mean, yeah. everything from, you know... Uh, 
abuse, abusive situations and relationships, um, and looking at trauma and murder and yeah. uh, suicide and, yep. and lots of stuff. It's just a lot going on there to unpack. And yeah. then, but I feel like they really handled it well. Um, obviously, we can go into more of this in the future, but I mean, there's so much there that they, I think, handled in a in a pretty good way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like hats off to the writing team yeah. for really like being sensitive about, especially about like all the stuff with abuse and with like suicide, because that can, you know, that could go one way or the yeah. other as far as like how things are handled. And I think yeah. they did really well with it. Um, and that the show um, didn't, you know, suffer because of yeah. it, you know, that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, because this can easily be turnoffs for me. Like, I mean, yeah. depending on like how some of those types of topics are handled, it could be an immediate just a, a no go. So, yeah. yeah. And I think you know that's probably another good thing to like why they dropped the first three episodes together yes. because you know even if they had only dropped the first two episodes, like the way episode two ends yeah. with the mutiny and you know potentially Ed's death, like that's a really dark note yeah, to end on and definitely. then have to wait a week to know what happens next mm-hmm. um and you know could even be seen as you know potentially a turn off for someone yeah. that was expecting it to be a lot lighter um than it than it was to start but um yeah yeah they definitely bring it back to a, a good spot so in the middle there of course we've got fascinating stuff going on in episode three um like i just i i love this kind of idea that they play with uh this like in between space this kind of liminal reality purgatory yeah yeah the gravy basket (laughs) i really want to know whose idea that was for that term yeah (laughs) basically almost like a sieve or like a strainer is kind of like i think what they were going for or something like that interesting from what i could tell i think that's what most people kind of thought online that was kind of referring to almost like getting rid of the stuff you don't need yeah getting rid of like the lumpy bits or something (laughs) (laughs) the lumpy bits the lumpy bits of gravy the lumpy trauma (laughs) yeah so much and it's just so much like growth that we see Mm. throughout the season as well that we can get into more in the future but Yeah. yeah We're going to get into more of this in a moment, but obviously, you know, Steed and his crew have a lot going on while all this is happening. But let's take it to the moment of like when Ed and Steed are kind of first reunited. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We get this like incredible scene that really leans into this idea of like, you know, magical, magical realism or fantasy, um, which is. the scene with Ed under the water um, and seeing Steed again for the first time, hearing Steed's voice yeah. um, when he's stuck in the gravy basket and being quote unquote rescued mm-hmm. um, by Merman Steed. Yeah. It's just such a beautiful scene. Yeah. And obviously, you know, we're going to talk more in future about costuming and stuff and we're going to talk about mermaids at some point mm-hmm. in the next few episodes, but I don't know. There's something about that scene that just every time I see it, my heart just feels like it's going to explode. I just like, it's so sweet and it's not like 
necessarily in a romantic way. Yeah. You know, it's for me, it's like, this is like more than a romantic love as well. It's kind yeah. of like a sustaining kind of love, if that makes sense between yeah. the two of them. Also, like this idea that Ed is just like stuck in this darkness yeah. and Steed literally appears as the light yeah. above the surface coming to Ed. Um, and being Ed's lighthouse in some ways, kind of going back to that season one imagery. Um, And yeah, I I feel like every time I watch that scene, I just try to like get in my feelings a little (laughs) bit and just let myself feel it. Um, And yeah, it's it's always really a special thing to watch. Um, One, because Reese's performance in that scene was just fucking incredible yeah um just the subtlety of emotion and like you know even just you know all that his character goes through in that particular episode with really keeping himself together for the crew until they're safe um and then he allows himself to feel um this potential loss of ed um but yeah we'll talk a little bit more about the the actual song that's in this scene as well a bit later because we're gonna talk about some needle drops in this season but um yeah trying to think what i was gonna say oh the part that really gets me which kind of got me in season one as well whenever steed realizes that he's in love with ed Mm -hmm. like that montage scene that's edited in so the montage thing that's edited in in this scene literally like that's whenever i started crying like it was just so good it just hits so hard like especially along with the lyrics of the song and like yeah I just, I love it so much. <laughs> Definitely, we're we, we were both weeping in that moment. Yeah, it's beautiful because it's also from Ed's perspective at that yeah. point, and you're getting, like, he's seeing all the things together in a way that he hadn't before. And I think one of my favorite things too in that scene is when, when Taika makes that little expression of yeah. just kind of like this little like small smile almost as he sees Steed yeah. approaching as yeah. a merman, and you're just like. I don't know. Every time I think about all that, I, I literally feel like I could cry right now. Yeah, literally, like, Taika, like, making the hard eyes underwater yeah. as well. Like, you know, he sees Steve and he's like, that's my guy, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, personally, I always have a really hard time watching underwater scenes. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. And it comes, I don't know why. I just kind of, like, can't breathe when I'm watching underwater stuff on TV. Yeah. But... The, of course, knowing that the way they filmed everything and seeing some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that Samba Shoot has posted in his uh, social media, it's all been really cool to see how all that came together and how they were able to film that yeah. in a way that worked. And I don't know. It's just magical. The whole yeah. thing is just magical. Yeah. I feel like for them, that must have been like a really special day on set for that to happen. Like I just get the, the feeling that that was a really cool day. I know, like... You know, it I felt probably pretty magical for Reese to get transformed yeah. into a mermaid. Um, yeah, to have been. yeah. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I feel like overall, like that scene is definitely like a huge, huge highlight from this season. Um, and episode three continues to be like one of my top episodes. Yeah, this time around. Yes. But, yeah. So, um, in the meantime, uh, you know, through, throughout part of the first part of the season, um, we've got, uh, Steed and the Marooned, 
Revenge crew uh, in the Republic of Pirates. They're just magically there at the beginning <laughs> yeah. of the season. Um, I guess they all piled in the rowboat and, and got there somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Magical rowboat. Yeah, I know. I just love that there's so many things that we really can't explain about this universe and OFMD, about the logic and physics of things, but, you know. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Who cares? Like we've said before, yes, we might be both, uh, you know, interested in the historical and other things, but you know what? We adhere to that David Jenkins School of History, and I guess that would be the School of Physics and Logic as well, <laughs> because... You know, I mean, at, at a certain point, it just, you just got to enjoy the story. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You kind of, you have to go into that, um, that suspension of disbelief. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I feel like for me, like, unless I'm watching something that's like a documentary, yeah. like that's, I automatically go there. Like, yeah. ultimately it's a piece of art. It's a work of fiction. Um, so yeah, I just feel like it, it feeds into my enjoyment a lot more if I just, you know. Let it go. Let it go. Enjoy what's going on. Don't think about it too much. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the Republic of Pirates, somewhere that, you know, they they could have had a very different, um, there could have been a different reaction to them when they got there, uh, especially when they go to Jackie for help. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, she's pretty open to things. Yeah. And uh, especially when it comes to the fact that we have... I think something that was not on anybody's bingo card yeah. until we got some of those like teaser things. And that is the most unlikely pairing. The Swede and Jackie. <laughs> who, who knew? Who knew, man? Like the only pairing that doesn't did not exist in fan fiction <laughs> exactly. before this season. Yeah. It's incredible. Like I love that that they just we're like, oh, let's just go in a completely different direction that no one's thought of yet. <laughs> and it's perfect. Yeah. You know, I think that they were made for each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, I love that pairing, like, and, you know, the way that that kind of allows the Marooned Revenge crew to be able to, like, really integrate themselves in the Republic of Pirates for a while and kind of recover a bit from... Yeah all of the the drama that they went through and um you know steve kind of being like we need to save some money so we can i'm like steve you're really not thinking <laughs> clearly when you <laughs> if you think that you can save enough money to get another ship yeah uh, you're gonna be working for like a hundred years like <laughs> <laughs> he probably before since he was so wealthy he probably didn't even really think about what anything mm. was worth yeah at that or point what, in time. what things cost yeah so he's probably thinking about that now and, and realizing oh god <laughs> yeah 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 definitely. and you know i think it's funny too it cracks me up like the stuff that they do with like that first episode with them because you've got like spanish jackies transformed into this like brew pub almost it's like you know just like she said in season one you know i'm not table service all this kind of stuff this is too much overhead and now we've got you know yeah table service reservations and Mm -hmm. just it's got like live music (laughs) um you know steeds like a um a host you know seating people (laughs) at tables and be like you have a reservation you got a bouncer yeah yeah we john's a bouncer like yeah yeah perfect Perfect. yeah i I love that uh little little divergence i guess yeah yeah. and of course also while we're there like in the republic of pirates we've also got like a few new characters we're going to talk more about in general but like you know we kind of see a bit of the 
I guess the everyday kind of dom- domesticity almost of the revenge crew as they're kind of preparing for things and trying to work and whatnot. We see, you know, Steed kind of dealing with his separation from Ed. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously that comes through in his dreams as well as, <laughs> as he's kind of like, you know, seeing these wanted posters mm-hmm. about town and yeah. he's having conversations with other crew members and also with Susan at that point yeah. in time. And yes. he's writing letters yeah. to Ed every morning. Yeah. And yeah. throwing them into the sea. <laughs> so he's, he's maintaining that hope. Yeah. And I mean, he is really working hard, mm-hmm. I think, to, yeah. to make I mean, it back. I think you, you already see like very early on the transformation Steed has gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, just with like the amount of confidence that he has, like he's like, I have to get back to Ed. Um, you know, transformation like physically as well, like with his costuming and like yeah. really leaning into the the pirate aesthetic and um also, like, his mindset as well, like, throughout the season, like, he doesn't care about stuff anymore. Yeah. Like, even when he gets back to the Revenge and all of his books and clothes are gone, like, and his captain's quarters has been yeah. trashed, um, he doesn't care about any of that. He yeah. only cares about having Ed. Um, and I think that's, you know, a nice thing to, to see. He, he's not dwelling on, um, you know all of the luxury and stuff right. that he used to have. So, yeah, that was something I was going to highlight as well. It's just that, that thing of like, you know, in season one, we see him all about like the finer things in life, all about like comfort mm. and his personal comfort over that of his crew at times. Even. Yeah. And I mean, he is like really, uh, right there alongside of them this whole time. They are not like they're, I mean, it's in a way, actually what pirate captains really did experience most of the time is having kind of a life where they lived right alongside the rest of their crew and there wasn't any kind of like special treatment or anything like that so very much on equal footing um especially even to like once they end up on the red flag Mm -hmm. which we'll talk about a little bit down the line like they're all just like crew members at that point so yeah definitely yeah yeah and you mentioned the red flag i mean obviously we have to talk about all these new characters yeah. that we have. Like, there's some fantastic new characters, some of them based on historical figures, which, of course, you know that we're going to be doing episodes on in the future. Yeah. And we have new villains. We have new side characters who arguably are some of the best <laughs> new characters. So, yeah, I mean, favorites, who sticks out to you as some of these new characters that are really notable? Um, gosh, I think, I mean... For me, Zhang and Auntie are really kind of at the top of the list. Um, I think I was won over immediately by Auntie, like, that scene (laughs) at the soup stand where, like, Steve was like, oh, we were on a break. Or she was like, oh, he dumped you or, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like, that whole exchange just, like, made me laugh. It was great. Yeah. Um, She's very... um She's very intelligent. She's kind of got that wise woman character. mm, No nonsense. Yeah. Very no nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Do no harm, take no shit. Kind yeah, of attitude. yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Having Zhang Yisao as kind of the new, you know, character that you don't really know initially. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she's kind of in this alias initially yeah, as Susan. Susan. Yeah. And then her character is revealed, like her true identity and everything. And you kind of don't know for a little bit there, like where the revenge crew stands with her. Mm-hmm. She's kind of incorporating them into her crew, but... Um, there's still, I think, some... The dynamic, of course, is changing because, of course, her and Steed have to kind of... He's kind of, like, in this place where now he's a subordinate, so he's yeah. no longer <laughs> a captain. 
he wants to be a part of it because I love those yeah. little scenes where he kind of like inserts himself into like her <laughs> office and is just kind of like and Ogre's well, like go away man go away yeah yeah you know, and then you, you know you have all that background stuff with you know you're not exactly sure how the revenge crew stands with with Jing but then also like you kind of get more and more of like oh Jing's actually like falling in love with Olu and right. like that's kind of like the the motivation behind like taking on the revenge crew and stuff is because of him so yeah. um yeah all that's going on in the background yeah um and yeah we also i guess you want to talk about uh some of our new uh, villainous characters as well yeah i mean it also just as a kind of quick side note as one of our new um kind of regulars i guess throughout the season two we had to mention archie of course oh, God, I archie, archie and the the uh the <laughs> cracking crew if you want to call it that <laughs> yeah i mean love archie yeah Archie's we great. absolutely adore madeline sammy especially because after season two watching season two we immediately went and watched deadlock yeah. which if you love murder mysteries and kind of dark comedy 100 percent go watch deadlock and yeah. i mean <laughs> She's just great as kind of this fun character who also has her own past and her own trauma. Yeah. And yeah. you only really get whispers of that yeah. in this. Um, mostly like kind of in that, that scene at the end of episode two yeah. when um, she and Jim are forced to fight each other. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Archie's a good one, man. I can't wait to see more of her in season three because we're going to get a season three. Yes. I'm manifesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bring out the candles. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yes. Villains. I mean, we've got a couple good ones here. So, yeah. Who do we want to talk about first? Oh, God. I guess we can get Icky Ricky out of the way. <laughs> so, Pam has been calling, what is his name? Prince Richard Baines or Ricky. Yeah. Icky, Icky Ricky. Ricky since day one. And yeah. it's the perfect, I think, the perfect way of describing Because this he character. gives me the ick. Yeah. Every time he speaks, he's slimy. He's so slimy. Yeah. He's like the extreme of what Steed could have been. Yeah. Like if he was really just a dick. Yeah. Definitely. And like entitled, you know, like Steed's not entitled anymore. He might have been a little bit entitled in yeah. season one. Um, but that's not the case now. But yeah. Uh yeah, what do we what do we think of Ricky? He's, he's like weaselly. Yeah. Because you can't really tell, especially the first episode or so when mm-hmm. he pops up in the Republic it's of Pirates. The first episode, yeah. It's almost like you can't tell like whose side he's he be- on. Yeah, whose side is he on? Is he being genuine when yeah. he's like approaching Steed about, oh, you're my hero? Or is he playing a game. Steed and playing yeah. a game of like, you know, get you sympathetic for me and then I'm yeah. going to turn the tables. Yeah, stab you in the back kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But it seems like in in hindsight, having seen the whole season, that he actually was yeah. genuine at the beginning. Yeah. Like he, it, yeah. I mean, um, and really, it's the incident at Jackie's that yeah. causes him to kind of become a villain, right. um, losing his nose, <laughs> um, and then being like, "Okay, pirates." Actually, I don't like pirates anymore. Mm-hmm. I think they they need to end. And yeah. so then he kind of becomes this pirate abolitionist. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah, um, it's kind of like he wanted to be part of the cool kids, and they wouldn't yeah. let him be in that group, or he wouldn't. Well, it, it wasn't it, even that. Yeah, like, it was just kind of like 
like Steed like let like let him be a part of that yeah. clan and then he yeah. wasn't he wasn't being a team player. Well yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. He wasn't thinking about the good of the crew at that point because 100%. he was supposed to be on watch and then he comes into Jackie's in the middle of things yeah. and he's like, Oh, I want to be part of the action and Steed's like, What the fuck? You're supposed to be watching yeah. to make sure we don't get caught. Exactly. And then he's like, Oh, yeah, we've got to leave like a uh, whatever your signature drink in this case and you're just like dude like I mean he was, it was all about him at that yeah, point he's yeah, like oh yeah. we have to let them know who did yeah. this and, and this is like, where you nope. went wrong with the gentleman pirate situation and Steve's like you know what never mind I'm leaving yeah. you here <laughs> um, and yeah yeah uh, I feel like yeah Ricky deserves everything that he gets yeah. especially after the last episode <laughs> Ugh, yeah we'll get into that but, at some point in time yeah but yeah, we've also got in episode six. Yep. Yeah, we have um, possibly. I mean, I we both talked about this as well on our own that we love the character of Ned Lowe. Yes. In terms of like you know as a villain and the way he is characterized, we're definitely going to be talking about him as a historical individual because he is based on a real pirate. Yeah. And. We wish we could have seen a little bit more, yeah, a little bit more of him throughout the season. Yeah. But in that one episode, he is so um, useful as a character. Like he is so good for the plot there. Yeah. That yeah, I think it works really well. Yeah, I um, he's just incredible though. Yeah. Like from the very first scene of that episode, like I was just like, this dude's like, he's like really, really like. He's a bad, bad dude, yeah. but he's cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's psychotic. Yeah, You're just like a sadist. It. Like, and it's kind of like the opposite of how I feel about Ricky's character. Mm-hmm. Every time I see his character on the screen, I'm like, ugh, I don't want to see this. I don't want to run away. But whenever I see like Ned Lowe's character on TV, I'm like, oh, I'm fascinated yeah. by this character. Yeah. But it turns out like his background is really quite predictable. And I yeah. love that scene, that dynamic <laughs> when Steed and Ed are, are being held hostage and they're like basically guessing his whole backstory yeah. and he gets super mad about yeah, that. I love yeah, that yeah. part. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I I agree as far as like I think it could have been a cool possibility for him to be more of a villain throughout the season. Um, just because like we find out later, oh like Stead or God Stead. <laughs> <laughs> Ed was doing all these raids yeah. to beat Ned Lowe's record. Right. And that's why like they just continued to like go on and on and on without going back to land, you know, not to mention, you know, just all the stuff with Ed not wanting to go back to land yeah. because of what happened with Steed. But um yeah. Like I think it, it could have been something different. But, you know, they still did really good with, with what they gave us in episode six and yeah. Um, is that episode is definitely like a turning point in Steed's journey as pirate as well, um, yeah. which we'll talk about 100%. more. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, the other thing too, that I was thinking about just as a side note with all that is that character does such a great job of highlighting the importance of the type of leadership that you have mm. on a pirate ship and how Steed and Ed's crew are, I mean, they're still, they still have their issues, yeah. <laughs> obviously, especially after all the trauma that both, both groups that are reunited together have gone through, but like thinking about like how Lowe's crew is like, you know, they're being like really forced into having to do this stuff for him. Yeah. 
and he's like abusive toward yeah, them. Yeah, like absolutely despise. He doesn't him. Um, give them any sort of respect. Yeah. Um, and Steed's like, oh, dude, like if you would respect them, they would actually be happy to work for you, just like my crew is happy to work for me. Like, yeah. so I love how so. he's able to like turn that against him. I guess yeah. you could say turn turn the crew against you know the captain in a yeah. sense. And yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, thinking about, I mean, we've got so many different characters, so many different lines of the story that we could talk about. But, like, one thing, too, I wanted to mention is, like, thinking about all the reunions that happened. Yeah. So, you mentioned, of course, the reunion of Ed and Steve the first time around. Yeah. There are kind of some other reunions along the way that sure. they have. But we've also got some others that are, like, brought back together again. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, the main one is Lucius and Pete. Like, yes. And I just remember we were just like yelling when yeah. we saw Lucius for the first time. We actually like scared our cat and our dog. <laughs> they like, were very concerned. We were in, we were watching it and they were in a different room and they both came running. They were like, <laughs> what's wrong? We both just had like the same reaction that the crew had. It was just like this immediate, like, oh my gosh, yeah. it's like really happening. I mean, we pretty much knew almost a hundred percent that Nathan was going to be yeah. back, but, um, to actually, I was really happy that they didn't wait too long to bring Lucius back. Yeah. I wasn't sure, you know, if it would take quite a few episodes for him to come back right. or whatever, but yeah, it was just gold from yeah. the first moment and like that dy- dynamic of him being reabsorbed into the group yeah. and like his trauma and his dynamic with Steve to start out with. And yeah, sure. I loved yeah. it. And just like all those sweet moments with Pete as well. Mm. And like <laughs> Roach just being like, yes. oh, I was going like- to say, side note, Roach as the matchmaker this season. Yeah. Or at least like the, I don't know, he's kind of like very the, encouraging the, the cheerleader for all the, <laughs> the couples because he's the one also kind of like encouraging the Swede to go along with Jackie. Yeah. And he's like so happy for Pete and Lucius. And it's just cute. Yeah. yeah too cute. I love that. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, reunion wise, we've got kind of the reunion between steed and the other half of the revenge crew yeah um that's been with ed this entire time um which you know is complicated by the fact that they've just committed mutiny against ed and they really don't want to tell steed what happened because at this point they think that ed's dead (laughs) and they're like we've killed him and like steed is not going to be happy with us um and i think that leads to some interesting things like you know uh with steed and izzy as well like Half the time in, like, episode three, I'm like, I don't understand where Izzy's going with this whole thing of, like, lying to Steed and being like, we marooned him on a beach. It's like, like, what were you planning? Are you, like, trying to spare Steed's feelings in some ways? I think that's a big part of it, yeah. And I guess, you know, it could be a part of it. And I think because Izzy's mindset towards Steed changed so much once he realized how far Ed was going to go and, like, realizing that if they didn't get steve back that you know ed wasn't going to be here anymore yeah and stuff but yeah yeah i know it's there's so much going on there yeah and we do have the reunion pretty much it's a very small like uh initial kind of scene that's included but a a little reunion between jim and olu yeah um such a a good scene i love that scene yeah and of course their relationships are going to be very different as well as they are incorporating more people into their little 
uh, their little group. Yeah. 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 You definitely get, um, you know, some of the polycule yeah. vibes this season with them. Um, yeah. And Archie and um, Jing as well toward the end of the season. So Certainly. that'll be another thing that'll be interesting to see how that develops in the, the next season um, and where they decide to take it. Um, yeah. But yeah. So we have um, quite a few needle drops this season again. Um, So let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, Which ones kind of stood out to you? Gosh, so much good music. I mean, the thing that I love about this show is that obviously the fandom like thinks of different songs related to different characters and different dynamics and so forth. But like, I love how they always continue to surprise us with yeah. the music that they choose. And not only that, of course, the the actual score that's, you know, from Mark Mothersbaugh always continues to be great. And yeah. I think it's even better this season. It's incredible. So man. good. So good. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to the actual soundtrack for everything, oh, so good. But yeah, for me, I was so, so happy to get two Nina Simone songs yeah. because she's a North Carolina girl. I love her work. And to get her, so her I Love My Baby song like mm. twice yeah. in the season, and then to have her version of The Times They Are a Changing. Yeah. I mean, oh, so, so good. So yeah. good. I love that she starts out the season and ends the season. Yes. Um, I don't know if that was an intentional thing or not, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It feels like it gives it a nice, like, um, I don't know. It's very full circle. Yeah. Kind of like Fuel, full things, circle well. feeling type yeah. thing. But yeah, yeah, I, um, yeah, it's just a good vibe, man. Also, yeah. like there's actually like a mix between like older music and new music yeah. this time around. Um, I know for both of us, um, uh, is it called run, run from me? Yeah. Run from me by Timber Timber. Yeah. Um, what an incredible needle drop Ugh. throughout the the second episode. I know. Um, starting out with with that and kind of like the earlier part of the song before mm-hmm. it really kind of picks up and turns into like a different feeling. Um, yeah. yeah, and then coming back with it in that really intense moment of the mutiny um, yeah. on the revenge and yeah, it, it almost incredible. turns into this like dirge like song yeah. towards the end and it and the storm so, the, the depth and, and the darkness to it really pull in yeah to all the oh, and I also like all of the imagery it. in the song of like run from me darling run for your life or run my good wife yeah um run from me darling you better run for your life yeah um and it's like oh yeah that's like that's ed and steve yeah. like they think that they can't be with the other person in a way. Like, yeah. he should run away from me almost. Like, yeah. And then also, like, Ed okay. having those, like, wedding toppers as yeah. well and, like, the whole, like, you know, married symbolism. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's there are dif- different things throughout the season sure. that kind of touch on that. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I really liked that one yeah. <laughs> a lot. Uh, still remains a favorite on okay. rewatches, so. Yeah. Um, and then I guess like our other really big one was uh, This Woman's Work by yeah. Kate Bush at the mm-hmm. end of episode three um, with that uh, initial reunion scene between Ed and Steed. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about that. I mean, I love just kind of the little bit that we've gotten about how the song came to be in the show to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was Taika's idea, is that correct? It, like, he yeah, brought as it far forward. as I know, it was Taika's idea. Yeah. And they actually, like, asked Kate Bush if they could use it as well, and she gave her blessing, which I, I think know. is really cool. Love it. Um, But yeah, I, and I'm not really as familiar with Kate Bush's mm-hmm. stuff. So like when it first started, I was like, I've heard this song before, yeah. but I don't know what this song is. But just like the way it adds to the emotion of the scene and mm-hmm. like, you know, obviously the lyrics kind of like playing into Ed and Steve's story as well. And like yeah. talking about, you know, all the things that we should have done that we never did or all the things I should have said, but I didn't say yeah. like just all those different things. Um yeah. yeah. And it also has that ethereal quality mm-hmm. to it that lends itself so well with that mermaid scene. Yeah. And just like, it's almost like the the pitch of her voice and everything. I think about the light reflecting on the water, yeah. both like in the underwater scene. And one of my favorite things about the scene when Steed goes below deck to where Ed is being laid out, he, they've got that light reflecting off the water that's standing in that cabin. Yeah, that dirge water. I love, like, literally one of my favorite shots the entire season is seeing Steed's feet move through that water. Yes. As he's coming into the room. Like, there's just such a, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it just continues to, like, feed into the emotion of that scene somehow Mm -hmm. with the water and the movement of the water as well. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think if we've learned anything from the past few years of television is that Kate Bush's work has the power to resurrect people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, like that was really my first exposure to her was, of course, through Stranger, Stranger Things, Things, because yeah. I think she's a lot bigger in like British music mm-hmm. culture, right? I think um, so. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it's Supposed also just we were a little bit too young yeah for, exactly for that, I mean, i'm but, an 80s baby but not quite enough to be able to really know her work that well but yeah. yeah yeah i mean i love to like all the different genres of music that you get throughout of course you've got like um kind of some funk type stuff coming mm, on in there yeah. so like dance funk that sort of thing yeah. i'm not always great at like identifying specific genres but you have that you have some I was always happy to get little bits and pieces. I'd hear Chopin in there, who's one of mm, my favorite yeah. composers. Um, we have some I would Beethoven that, like, in there as well. And stuff. Yeah, Beethoven. Um, and that scene between Ed and Izzy in mm-hmm. episode two. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I really loved um, the song Seabird at the end oh, of episode four. Yes, yes. Like, that, that song just has a good vibe. I'm like, yeah, I like this. It's <laughs> fun. It's kind of a bop. And yeah. it's also just like... It kind of just feels very hopeful at yeah, the end of that light, episode. And, and light. that hope, yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of like what you're meant to feel because yeah. of the whole like idea of Ed's like, oh, like nobody can change. But then like yeah. Buttons changes and Ed's like, oh, this is a whole new possibility. What mm-hmm. if I can change for Steed? Yeah. So that I can love Steed like he should be loved, that kind of thing. So Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like for, for weeks after that, if we weren't like, you know, bopping around to prints or something we were going see bird see bird fly home yeah over and over again so yeah, yeah so good not to mention so you know we both have like little playlists we put together for season two yeah. that have season two songs on them as well as like songs that we feel like 
vibe pretty well with the season and yeah yeah literally every time this woman's work comes on it's either like oh i'm gonna get in my feelings or oh i gotta skip this yeah. this is too sad exactly <laughs> i'm the same way especially if i'm like driving to work or something like that i'm like nope not right now nope <laughs> not today not today <laughs> if not, Kate, i'm sitting in the parking today. deck with like my eyeliner running or something yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> but yeah um i think you know the the music um continues to be amazing yeah. And I, you know, Ugh. like w- with anything else, I can't wait to see what is going to be in season three. I know. Because, you know, it's yes. just going to continue to be great. So. Yes. Chef's kiss. Yeah. I mean, obviously, too, if we're kind of talking about like kind of behind the scenes and like elements of the show outside of just the actual storyline, we have to talk about the costuming mm-hmm. just a little bit. Yeah. I think we're going to have to devote an entire episode to this at some point. Definitely. So we're just going to kind of give you a little bit of a quick reaction to some things but what were some of the costumes that stood out to you this this season i mean the first one we gotta talk about is the cursed suit (laughs) um yes because it was just fantastic yeah (laughs) and you kind of get that you know that glimpse glimpse back to like how steed used to dress in season one yeah. and, you know and with you know his newfound confidence he's just like yeah i wear this really well like yeah. i love this <laughs> i love how also just for like reese as an actor it, i know that he's talked about in the past how the costuming is an important part of how he gets into the character mm, for steve yeah and to just see how he played with that yeah and how he played up aspects of steed with that outfit on yeah just perfect and i love too that you know we have the costume designer gypsy taylor to thank for like encouraging reese to do those little twirls (laughs) um because he was doing that while they were doing costume fittings and she was like it'd be hilarious if you just did that during the episode yeah um so thank you gypsy for that because like we (laughs) laugh every single time it's great yeah not to mention just the uh, my favorite part is when he's like kind of being attacked by the crew when they're like we have to get rid of this thing and he goes like barging into the captain's quarters he's like they ripped my pockets the fucking barbarians and then he's like you know like so upset and then you know izzy's kind of like well a curse is a curse and he's like you know his reaction is so great and it's we're just so like, dramatic and stupid but it's perfect. funny it's a hundred percent steep though yeah it's yeah definitely it's definitely Love it. um but yeah that one that one yeah. is like the immediate like yeah that's probably my my favorite costume and then i mean we've got calypso's birthday as well yeah. um we john's oh uh, calypso costume it's so gorgeous so so gorgeous like thinking of how they use like the tool and different things to like mimic seaweed mm. and then it's got the different blues and shimmery velvety colors that just kind of bring out that like i again kind of like ethereal quality of things and yeah. the makeup oh my gosh like the makeup between what we see Christian wearing as Calypso as well as like how they do uh, Izzy's makeup for that scene too. Oh, like so great. Yeah. I, every time I see those pictures, like when I see the pictures specifically of Christian as we John in Calypso's outfit, I'm like, I just don't think of it as we John. I mean, this is Calypso. Like, I mean, it's a full transformation (laughs) and it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Lovely. It's a good one. Another one that I really like that we only get glimpses of the entire ensemble every once in a while is I love Mary Reed's outfit. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very much like she's wearing almost kind of like chaps with mm-hmm. like kind of it's very like Western yeah. kind of look and like very much like, you know, like buckskin leather with like the fuzzy like 
chaps and she just kind of has this calamity jane look and like feel to her character yeah and i just love that it very much harkens back to calico jack's costume in season one as well yeah Yeah. and of course calico jack is you know all tangled up with mary reed and and bonnie um in the historical uh version of things so yeah it would make sense that they would lean into that a little bit with the costuming yeah so so much fun stuff there. Yeah, those are some big ones. That's, yeah. We also have some characters that, I mean, we have, like, of course, all the costumes when everyone from the Revenge crew gets on the red flag. Mm. Yep. They kind of have their transformation to become part of that crew. Yep. And have these, like, uniforms to wear. Um, I really like guns. Um, I mean, it wouldn't be a Black Pete costume without the, the lack of sleeves. Yeah. So I just love how he... He customizes everything. Everything to be that way. <laughs> yeah. And like pretty much everybody's like costumes change this season. Yeah. I feel like. Um I really like French Frenchie's uh, yeah. uh costume, like the the jacket and everything, yes. and kind of like that Jimi Hendrix feel yes. to his character this season. Like I f- mm-hmm. think it fits really, really well. Yeah. I love his second outfit as well a lot. The kind of like the yeah. vest. Yeah. And the green shirt and everything. That one and then like Lucius's outfit. Yeah. I mean like in terms of like I look at like this and I'm just like I just want to wear right? that. Like I just like love it. It's such a good look. Yeah. It's very 70s. Yeah. Very 70s. Definitely. Kind of like 69 and later kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And then uh we've got like all of the revenge crew kind of like getting into British uniform yeah. at the end of the season too. So there's like that whole bit as yeah. well um which was pretty cool i'm trying to think what else uh jim's yes outfit um mm-hmm. especially like uh well they they have a couple of different costumes but um the one that they have in the first three episodes yeah. with like the rope um and all of that yeah. um is a really cool cool outfit mm-hmm. and um, complete transformation with hair as well yeah yeah definitely love it yeah, as we said before, they very much give off Rufio vibes yes. from Hook, um, mm-hmm. which we love. So yeah, yeah, good one. Um, gosh, I mean, there's just so much to talk about. We're gonna have yeah, to we'll literally have a whole, whole episode, episode. <laughs> on costuming at some point in time. So some good stuff in there. Yeah. So as you can probably tell, we have had so much fun chatting about season two of Our Flag Means Death, and we have a lot more to say. So this is going to end up being a two-part episode. So you get this part today, and next week we'll be dropping the rest of our conversation. So stay tuned, and then in January, we'll be dropping all new episodes of our traditional chats about history and pop culture in Our Flag Means Death. We'll see you soon. This podcast has been a production of Electric Kelpie Media. All research was conducted by Kimberly Sherman and Pam Sherman. Find us online at electrickelpymedia.com slash oranges and on social media at podcast oranges. Oranges.